Well, hi family church, here we are. Um, I'm sorry about the technical hitches. I've just been preaching for the last 10, 12 minutes and uh, I've just been told it's not working. So hopefully this is now working. Um, right at the beginning, um, I just really wanted to encourage people to sign up, get the free book, Soul Winner, from Pastor Andy. Pastor Andy's not asked me to do this tonight. Um, I just believe in what Pastor Andy's written in the book. Um, but also to sign up this week um, on Wednesday night to the Soul Winner Bootcamp um, at soulwinner.co.uk. You can register, get online, be a part of the, the conversation that's going on and uh, the teaching that Pastor Andy's going to share. We would love for you to be there. I'd love you to be there because Jesus said that he wanted us to be disciplers. He wanted us to reach the lost for Jesus. And um, this is a great opportunity for that to happen. I trust we're live. We're going to go for it again tonight. And uh, I just trust that the word of God just drops in your heart and that you receive it with gladness tonight. So this, the, the whole of Family Church, all the congregational pastors are sharing a message on building the house. And I think what a great subject at the beginning of the year, in the midst of where we're at with all that's going on with, with churches being shut down, um, being locked out, uh, not having meetings as we would do normally. What a great subject, building the house. Because I believe when Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail, I absolutely believe that that is the case. And he uses us to build his house. With Jesus at the centre, at the very core, at the very hub of what we do, that Jesus is at the centre of it all. We we want lights, we want smoke, we want whatever it takes to be attractional. But the bottom, heart, bottom line is we want there to be the power of God, the presence of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God that changes lives, and that the, the, the very presence of God is at the centre of what we do. So I, I'm, I'm really excited about this thought about building the house. But before we talk about building the house, the church, the, the this, that and the other, I want us to go back to the beginnings. Um, not just the, 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 if you like, the foundation, but actually the heart, the core, the reason for the church, the reason for, for God's want, God wanting to be with his people. And I believe as we go back to the beginnings, we'll see the relationship and closeness that God wants with us his people. God has always desired to be in fellowship and close relationship with us, his created ones. He created us for fellowship. He created us for relationship with him. He's always wanted a deeper level of intimacy and connection with those that he created from the dust of the earth. I love the way, you know, in the book of Genesis, how God walked in the cool of the day with Adam. I love that picture of at the beginning of, of, of time, where before sin, before destruction, before separation, God and his man walked together. They talked together. They communicated and enjoyed one another's company. I can imagine God coming alongside Adam and saying, hey, uh, what did you name what animals did you name today? What what stars did you name today? What have you been up to, Adam? Tell me about your day. Why? Because God, even though he knew, he wanted that relationship and communication and connection 
with his man, Adam. I believe in the heart of every man and woman and child, God originally put inside of us a desire to know him, a desire to understand a God in heaven who loves us and who wants to be in relationship with us. Time and time again, throughout scripture, we see God drawing near, nearer and nearer to mankind, closer and closer to his people. And, and I love this moment. I could have, I could have spoken about um, Abraham. I could have spoken about many individuals. But I want to just jump in and share some thoughts about Moses. We know Moses encountered God in numerous different ways. And, um, and the burning bush. And um, when he saw the power of God unfolded. When he stood before Pharaoh. There, there were many different moments in Moses' life. And God chose Moses. And we see God speaking face to face with Moses. I don't know what that would have been like. I can't imagine what it would have been like for Moses just to be in the presence of God in awe and wonder and seeing God face to face in those moments. But one thing God wanted was he wanted the children of Israel. He wanted his special ones, his chosen people to be in close connection. He wanted to be able to communicate and talk and connect with them all. Not just Moses, but all of them. And I guess in some senses, that's what a Sunday morning, normal church Sunday morning is like. He wants to be in connection with each of us, but... There are things that perhaps get in the way. There are some people who can go to church and, and encounter uh, God through the word and through the worship and through prayer. And, then, and, and they, can, they can encounter God's love through fellowship with one another. And yet there are others who could walk into church and walk out and not feel anything. We're here, I guess, the children of Israel. They kept God at a distance. If you read this week through Genesis, uh, sorry, Exodus chapter eight, uh, 19 and 20, you'll see that the people said, no, Moses, you go and encounter God. We don't want to go there. That's a sad place. And I guess at times many of us can be at that place, maybe because of sin, maybe because of guilt, maybe because of distractions. No, you do what you need to do. I'm all right over here. But God's heart was revealed to Moses and he encountered, Moses encountered God in an incredible way to the point his presence, even the presence of God, the Shekinah of God's glory fell upon Moses and as he came down from the mountain his face shone because he had been in the presence of God. God wanted to be closer and nearer to his people, not just on the mountain, he wanted to be at the very centre of their lives. Do we keep God at a distance on the mountain? Or do we allow him to come close in our life? After a time, God said this. Hey, Moses, in Exodus chapter 25, verse 8, verse 9, it says, Let them, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. Here God is saying, I'm going to come down off the mountain and I'm going to come amongst you in the sanctuary that I may dwell with my people. Oh, I think that's beautiful. If God wanted to do that in the Old Testament, how much more, church, does he want to do that for us today? I want to dwell 
among them, according to all that I show you. That is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings. Just so you shall make it. Now, the tabernacle was the avenue through which God was going to encounter his chosen people. It was the way in which they would know that God, his presence was there amongst them. God really being at the centre of their lives, in the centre of their camps when they were moving from, from the tent and moving there to the next place where they were going to build camp. The temple, the, the, the tabernacle was at the centre. It was here that they would encounter the Holy of Holies, the place where God's manifest presence was. Oh, how amazing. You imagine being being one of the children of Israel, perhaps being from the tribe of Judah, and you're looking on to the, the tabernacle and you see the, the presence, the glory, the Shekinah of God's presence resting upon the temple, the, te the, the, not the, temple, the, the, the tent of meeting and in the Holy of Holies, the presence of God. Do you know what? Only, only on the Day of Atonement, could the high priest go into the Holy of Holies? Only once a year could one man. Why? Because his presence is holy. And only one person could go in. You know, that tent of meeting symbolised God in the midst of his people. God gathering his people around him. Each element in the tabernacle and every action that was carried out within it spoke of relationship with God, with his people. But the tabernacle wasn't the final plan of God. It was a stepping stone. And after 440 years of God being in the tabernacle, he then said, I'm taking up a new residence. And King David we know that David had a heart for God. He had a heart to build God a temple that would be magnificent, that it would be splendorous, that people would admire it and wonder at it. David's heart was to build God an incredible place in which he could dwell. But we know that David had blood on his hands. We know that David was a man of war. And because of that, he wasn't able to build the temple himself. This new habitation for God, it was to be built with stone, no longer a tent of tabernacle. It was to be built with stone. It was to be overlaid with gold. It was to be glorious and magnificent. It was to, 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 to still be uh, like the picture of the tabernacle, but on a magnificent scale. Listen to this. In 1 Chronicles chapter 22, verse 5, David said, My son Solomon is still young and inexperienced. And since the temple to be built for the Lord must be mag a magnificent structure, famous and glorious throughout the world, I will begin making preparations for it now. So David collected vast amounts of building materials before his death. I love this. David's heart for the house of God was that it was magnificent, 
that it was to be famous and glorious. It was to be a structure that men would look at, an edifice that was beautiful, that was fit for the King of Kings. As the, excuse me, as the temple was completed, we see that God's presence came down and began to dwell in the place that David, uh, that Solomon had built. In First Kings, let's read this together. In First Kings chapter eight, verse eleven, when the priests left the holy place, a cloud filled the temple of God. And the priests could not carry out their priestly duties because of the cloud. The glory of God filled the temple of God. Now we're talking about building his church. I'm not talking about hosting teams and kids church teams and worship teams and the preaching on a Sunday. Or I'm not talking about the bricks and mortar and the four walls and the heating and the lighting and the sound. I'm talking when we talk about building the house, when we talk about building the church, it's about you and me. It's about your life and my life, what we can give, what we can bring to God to build his house and to make it magnificent in all the earth. Oh, yeah, the temple magnified the presence of God in the midst of Israel. God, again, being right at the center of his people. This, this magnificent building that, that sat on the hill in the city. And everyone marveled and knew that God was present and resident there. It's where the Ark of the Covenant that housed the Ten Commandments, this holy of holies, this place of magnificence. And God fueled that place. Again, 410 years later, Solomon's temple was destroyed and God now was on the outside again and he moved upon the hearts of his people. That continued to happen for hundreds more years until the ultimate plan of God. See, the ultimate plan of God was to dwell amongst us, to dwell in the midst of his people, to be at the center of their lives. Then we see this in the fullness of time. In Galatians chapter four, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. This is where it really starts to get exciting. This, I believe, was the master plan of God. Being outworked before mankind, before those that were, that were present at that time, the master plan was, was, was being outworked on the earth. It was his final move to redeem mankind back to himself to deal with the separation of man's sin and the separation from God Jesus was now right at the center and he had come God had come to redeem man back to himself so that we could have the union that Adam and Eve had with God before sin entered the earth listen to this in Matthew chapter 1 verse 23 behold the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and you shall call his name what 
Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Isn't that beautiful? All of a sudden, God has gone from being up in the mountain. He's gone from being in the tent of tabernacle. He's gone from the temple of Solomon. And now he's walking on the face of the earth. God with us. God in human form walking amongst us on the face of this earth. Something, something had ch changed God was no longer on the outside looking in. He was on the inside. He was moving amongst us. He was a part of us. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Sin, selfishness, hate. He had come to destroy all those things that separated us from the heart of God. He came to bring back his creation into perfect relationship and fellowship with himself. This could only take place once the sin issue in the heart of man had been dealt with. Jesus knew the only way back for mankind was that the, the wages of sin is death. And the only way that we could have relationship with God is if one died in our place. And through the redemptive power of the cross, the separation, that which separated man from God, was removed through the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the gospel. This is the power of heaven upon our lives. Remember during the darkest hours when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out, it is finished. That moment he gave up his spirit, that moment he cried out, we know that the curtain in the temple was divided as God tore it from the top to the bottom. Let's read it in, 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 uh, in Mark chapter 15. It says this, and Jesus cried out, Mark chapter 15, verse 37. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and breathed his last. That was the moment. It was all over. And the veil, that which separated the holy from the unholy, from the priest to, to the ordinary man in the street, the veil of the temple was torn into from top to bottom God got a hold of it and said the veil Jesus was the veil he has been torn through the work of the cross now you can have access to me through him beautiful absolutely beautiful this was the crowning moment of God's plan it the, the cross paved the way for you and I to have intimacy with God once again Nothing could get in the way of our spiritual union with him. The relationship with Adam and Eve, when they enjoyed their time in the Garden of Eden, revealed God's heart for his creation. The tabernacle pointed towards an infinite God who wanted to have personal relationship with his people. Solomon's temple pointed towards the manifest presence of God Fill in the hearts of man so that we can encounter him and have spiritual union. Now we have Jesus who's walking around teaching 
teaching and, 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 and sharing revolutionary truths about God abiding in the hearts of man. Not in a tent, not in a mountain, not, not in a temple, but now living in the hearts of man, being taught by the Son of God himself. Listen to this. This is so, this is, we've read it and read it and read it until it's not revolutionary, but this would have been revolutionary in Jesus' time. John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, and it says this, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without, for without me, you can do nothing. Here, Jesus is going around and the teachings revealing the heartbeat of God. He desires to abide on the inside of those that will call upon him and receive him as Lord. He wants to take up residence. He wants to abide in the heart of those that are his. God didn't want to be a distant spiritual being without connection and be beyond reach he didn't want that he's never wanted that throughout history we can see that his heart has never been for that Jesus continued and made statements like this if you've seen me then you've seen the father I and the father are one I will send you another after me once I've gone back to the father who's just like me Jesus made some incredible statements that were true and are powerful in our life and here in John chapter 14 verse 16 Jesus said these words and I will pray the father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because they neither see him nor know him but you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That was such an incredible statement that Jesus made. This is in John chapter 14. We know John chapter 13, 14, 15, 16 and 17. Those four or five chapters are what Jesus would say are the last words that he spoke to his disciples before he went to the cross. This was so important. This was so vital for the disciples then to know. But you know him for he dwells with you and he will be in you. We know for the next, we know that Jesus went to the cross. He died. He was buried. He rose from the dead. And for the next 40 days, he walked with his disciples. After the resurrection, he walked with them. After 40 days, he ascended into heaven to be with his father for eternity forever. And then 10 days after he had gone back to heaven, on the day of Pentecost, the power and the presence and the person of the Holy Spirit came. And he came and he moved into the lives of those 120 men and women who were in the upper room. And they were filled with power from on high. The church was born. Life, life came to the church. 
The presence of God was all over them. They began to speak with tongues they had never learned before. And they went out and they preached the gospel. And 3,000 souls were added. You want to know how to get church growth? You want to know how to build the church? We need to be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit and the power of his anointing. This is the spiritual revelation church that we need to grasp. God doesn't reside any longer in the tent of meeting. He doesn't reside in a temple building or in a synagogue or in a church building. But we are now the temple of the living God. I wonder how many of us have an understanding of the spiritual revelation. Have we received, understood, has it dropped into our heart? Listen to this, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Have you forgotten? Do you know what? I believe that there are many Christians who have. Sad to say, but I want this message to stir you up, to encourage you to believe, for you to, to, to cast off the things of restraint, the, cast away the sin that so easily ensnared you. And actually believe this. Have you forgotten, the Apostle Paul is saying, have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? What a revelation, Paul. How amazing. He's saying, church, have you forgotten? And that's what I'm asking you tonight. That's what I'm asking your heart. Have you forgotten? That you are the temple of the Holy Spirit who now lives on the inside of you. He goes on, you don't belong to yourself any longer. Oh, I want to do this or I want to do that. I does not live any longer. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who now lives in me. Here he's saying, you, you don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. Wow! The Apostle Paul is saying, this is, is God's sanctuary. Wow! Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten? I, I could start, start naming people here with, with, when you're with us on Zoom or, or when we connect uh, in prayer have you forgotten that your body is now a sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? This is God's master plan for his church. Not a building, but us, his people, us, his chosen ones, the ones that he's come to live on the inside. If we, being Christ ones or Christians, have accepted Christ Jesus by faith, then the same holy, awesome, king and powerful one in the universe has residence on the inside of you tonight. Oh, Selah, let that thought drop down into your heart. And let your life never be the same again. Have you forgotten? The Apostle Paul asked.
one of the greatest and most thrilling mysteries that the Holy Spirit revealed to Paul was this. And it's an incredible truth. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and verse 27, it says, This mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, has now been revealed to his saints. I believe I've just revealed something so incredible, a mystery that needs to be grasped by every Christian and believer in the house of God today. But it goes on, to them God willed to make known what are the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's about God now living in this temple. Jesus at the centre of our lives. Is Jesus at the centre of your life? Only you can answer that for yourself. If he's not, it's because you've forgotten who you are. And you've forgotten what he, who he is. You've forgotten that he's living in you. Jesus at the centre of our lives. That includes our thinking, our decision making, our planning. You know, some sometimes you hear people say, "Ah, oh, I've got a promotion or I've got a job opportunity. I'm gonna. Uh, uh, it means moving away." But is that God's will for your life, or is it because it pays more? What is the will of God for your life? Don't step out of the will of God because you have a larger paycheck. It's more important to stay in the will of God wherever that would be. Jesus at the centre of our families, involving him in every aspect, in, every, in our devotional time, our eating, our rising up, our going to sleep, our home life. Is Jesus at the centre of our home life, of our families? Jesus at the centre of his church. God, Jesus has always, God has always wanted to be at the centre of this thing in our lives. Jesus at the centre of his church. People walking together in the power of God, in unity, in faith, in hope, serving God, serving one another and serving our community. The veil of separation has been removed once and for all time. We can now live completely free in Christ and fully committed to him. We have the choice. Like it says in Joshua, choose you this day who you will serve. If we really know God and we haven't forgotten, we will give our lives to serving him for the rest of our lives. It's our responsibility to fully acknowledge the gift of God's grace, to take up our own cross and begin to walk out our salvation. In him, our lives are now a living sacrifice, bringing glory to God with Jesus at the centre of it all. So really, church, this is the foundation of what it means to build the house. It's what it means to build the house of God, to have Jesus at the centre. If we can see how God has always wanted to have relationship with us, why is it sometimes our heart is cold 
in one in relationship or a closer walk with him? Is it because we have forgotten who we are? Is it because we've forgotten this incredible passage? I'm going to read it one last time before we finish tonight. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness who lives in you? You don't belong to yourself any longer. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit, lives inside your sanctuary. Family Church, I believe it's time that we bow our knee in holy surrender, in full consecration. If we want to see the power of God move, he needs to see us as a submitted people. Not my will, but yours be done. Let me pray for you tonight. Father, I pray for everyone who's listened to this message tonight. I pray, Father, that it won't be just a message. It will be life to their soul. It will be life to their spirit. It will just bring transformation. Lord, that the imparted word of God will go into our hearts. And Lord, each one of us will have to look up and say all to Jesus. I surrender. I surrender all. Lord, I pray you take this word, that my tongue was the pen of a ready writer, and what you've written and what you've spoken into our hearts will come to being in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless your family, church. Go into this week knowing that wherever you go, whatever you say, whatever you do, whoever you're with, you take the very presence of God with you wherever you go. God bless you all. Take care.